So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Rick Uchino here with Dutch Mantel SP3. It's 10.05. We are live here on Smack Talk on the Sportskeeda Wrestling Facebook page and <coughs> Binge by Sportskeeda YouTube channel. On early this week, management made the executive call since Rampage is not on until 11.30 because of the NCAA tournament, which, by the way, go Fairleigh Dickinson. Anyway, uh, the fact that the tournament is on, it, come on, Sid. They, never mind. Anyway. Since the NCAA tournament is on and Rampage isn't on until 11.30, we are on early tonight. We will be talking about SmackDown, and we will be talking about the reason why everybody else is tuned into this show in the first damn place. Dutch Mantel and Ric Flair are still at each other on social media, continues to make the rounds this week. And uh, Dutch, it, it looked like you were ready to bury the hatchet this week, and then uh, Mr. Flair decided to take one more jab, and that uh, that kind of sent you over the edge there a little bit. Well, it's like that I was saying, tell me you're an idiot without telling me you're an idiot. And I tried to, <clears throat> I tried to say, let's put it behind us, but no, he's got to, he's got to keep it on, and I'm almost getting tired of it now. But apparently. I got more comments this week than I got last week. And I also learned something uh, new today. I've heard and just heard that WWE has told Rick, hey, tone that down, buddy. See if you can get that to go away because we're right here at WrestleMania. And these fans are roasting your butt. And you're going to present the you're going to induct Muda to the Hall of Fame. It's a bad look. So what can you do? But still, I have heard nothing from him. He's, you know, my phone number not that hard to get. To get. He could get it, but he's not. He hadn't picked up the phone. He hadn't called me. He hadn't done anything. And this is it. Why did I get pissed off? I got pissed off because he brought my name up out of the blue. Just hey, you had a shitty match. My God, I've had shitty matches, but I didn't attack somebody. If they said, hey, that was a shitty match, I said, yes, yeah, sure was. I just got to agree with them because it was, it is what it was. It was the living, it was worse than the shits. It was the living shits. Because really, what can you do with a dead man in the ring? Drag him around? And when you're in the ring with Jay Lethal, and, and Jeff Jarrett, and you can't have a good match or a presentable match. The problem is not them. The problem is not the fans. It was Rick, because Rick was in there. 
Then he comes back and said, oh, I'm dehydrated. I've never heard that excuse in my life, to be dehydrated. Maybe if he didn't drink a half a, a half a case of beer every day, maybe he might not be dehydrated. But anyway, he wanted to keep it going. I said, okay, we'll keep it going. I've also had people come out of the woodwork and say, and, and most of the comments that I, I, I'm getting, because I'm going to get most of the ones that are pro-Dutch anyway. But you guys know Kerry Silken. You know him? Yes, yes the founder the of Ring of Honor. The original founder of Ring of Honor. And I met him years ago in Puerto Rico. He came down there, and he is he's watching our show, and he fell in love with it. He does love the show. And then, of course, we were all like in the same like little tourist area anyway. And it's not hard to find me down there. So he ran across me one day. We got to talk and we became buddies. And, uh, and he texted me the other day and he says, I just want to tell you that, you know, the truth does hurt. And you know the story that he, uh, he paid Flair $41,000 to make four appearances for Ring of Honor. And he made one. And he didn't make the other three. I don't know if he called them or told them. I'm sure he probably didn't even call them. But he still owes them, I think, thirty dollars or $40,000. And he just conveniently forgot to pay that back. Hey, Rick, could I talk to you? Oh, no, I ain't got no time, man. Uh, hey, you owe me some money. Oh, yeah, well, I'll talk to you later. He won't even talk about it. Now, I have heard, and I think you said this, Rick, they wanted him to say something that Ring of Honor was better than WWE. I read that today. Is that true? or? Uh, I don't remember that. I never said anything. Okay. I don't care what they wanted him to say. If he didn't want to say it, then don't say it. But you still got $30,000 unaccounted for. And he's had, he's had, I mean, time after time after time, he has done this. And I don't know how many times he can get by with it. He's got by with it up to now, so I don't see any stop to it. But, but I am not giving up. I'm going to, next time he brings my name up. And he didn't make a true statement. He said, Dutch men tell him I'll make you more famous than you've ever been. Well, he did that. He's got a million. He's got a million two hundred thousand followers, and they're all agreeing with me. So, and I did make him a, an offer. I said, "Why don't we do this? Why don't we just settle it once and for all? Just do a debate on Zoom or wherever, and let's charge the people that are that want to listen a dollar. That's not going to break anybody." Then let's talk about your crappy background, buddy. And we'll give it all to charity. And I, I said, why don't we give it to the homeless vet, veterans, the homeless vets, because I got a soft spot in my heart for them. And we'll, we'll see how many people are interested in it. And guess what? Hadn't heard from him yet. So. Now, is that, I, that, go is, ahead. that is that what it'll take to squash the beef between you two is to actually get you guys in a room or in a Zoom chat or something like that and talk this out man to man publicly? Well, it would probably 
it may not kill it, but it would slow it down. <clears throat> I think there'd be a hell of a lot of interest to it. If I was a fan, hell yeah, I'd listen to it. But but we'd have it'd have to be on equal terms. I'd have to sit down. I'd have to have me like eight or nine beers and a couple of shots of tequila, you know, a couple of pills maybe to settle my nerves. And then we could go ahead and we, we could talk for a while. But what he's done to me, he's, I've heard he's cut down his public thrashing of me. But behind the scenes, he's, he's mattered as mad as a damn hen, mad as a, mad as hell. But he's still running his mouth. But I'm not surrendering. And <clears throat> he hasn't offered an apology because I haven't either. I'm not taking anything away from him, but but I will say this. I think Rick, and you guys may agree with me, he's dearly in need of help, badly. He's an alcoholic, narcissist, and he just don't know. I think his life is out of control. He still needs money, and all the money that he has made, I, and he still needs money. I don't get it. I don't get it. Five, five marriages, but that's a personal life. I don't care about that. But don't spread it out to me because I don't want no part of Rick Flairsville. I just leave me out. I just won't pass. I just won't pass through your town anymore. But don't run your mouth about me because I, you know, I got one too, and I've I've never given up yet. So. Whatever he wants to do. But the offer is out there. If he wants to do the debate, let's do it. But you think he'll do it? Probably not. That would be my guess. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think, Sid? I, I don't think so. I don't think he's gonna accept the debate because he don't want that smoke with Dutch Mantel. All, well, I, all I ask is for everyone who's gonna be in LA at the WWE Hall of Fame, when Ric Flair goes on stage, I want Dutch, 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 <laughs> or Dutch Mantel. Oh, I love that. How about a We the People chant? Oh, that would be good, too. We the People. That'd be, that'd be great. That He would get it. I don't know if the people at home would get it. Because <laughs> Ooh, I, the People. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Woo, the People. Hell, he could get up and do that. But anyway, I, I never wanted it. I never wanted to get into it with him from the beginning. And he just brought my name up. Then I'm glad to call you a legend. Said if you don't have any legacy. Now, why would why would you just say that unless you just want to start a bunch of shit? And he started some, and now he don't know how to get out of it. But any more questions? No, nope, I'll just say this much. Any though. any any questions in the chat? <laughs> any questions in the chat? Hey, a make it make a donation and I ask the question to the homeless vets. Anybody want to say anything? Oh, shut up, Dutch. Get the hell off my street. Wait a minute, guy. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's where it, channel they don't want to shut up, Dutch. That's the that's that's the God's honest truth. Well, you know. If this had been 15 years ago, if I had run across him, we'd have had a fight. I just walked up to him and punched him. And I've never done that. <clears throat> but he has always treated people not as an equal, not even anywhere close to an equal, 
Everybody was beneath him, even the people he worked against. He may not have broadcast that, but he always thought that he was always better. He was better than the Fox. The only guy he probably thought he wasn't better than was, was Steamboat, because him and Steamboat come along at the same time. And I'm not saying they didn't have great matches. They did. They had great matches. But along the way, I, I think he got it in his head. He was better than everybody else. Nobody belonged in the ring with him because he was – there's no saying in wrestling, don't believe your own publicity. And I think he got rid of that saying about 25 years ago because he started believing that he was the, the real nature boy, whatever that is. But it is what it is, so if he wants to end it, we can end it. But if you don't, I'm perfectly happy to continue it and bring out all his all – his, back uh, payments that he didn't make. What if somebody come up to you and said, hey, I need to borrow 20 grand? And you say, oh, okay, okay. And even uh, even uh, Kerry uh, Silken has told me, he said, it's my fault. He said, I did it in good faith and I got burnt. He said, don't, you can blame him. But he says, the fault lies with me. Because I did it because, you know, I was a big Ric Flair fan. I thought he was good for it. And and he's owed me 41000 or $40,000 since 2009. How many years ago is that? 14? Yeah. I don't, and I don't, I don't think he's going to be getting that money back. And, and Ric Flair has never, he's never disputed that. There, and there's another guy that I will not bring his name. He was a big guy with uh, WCW, not a not a talent, not a not a wrestler, but a behind the scenes guy. He rented a, a, a little bit of a hall for him for Flair. I think for a wedding or something, and it was twenty grand, and he had to end up paying it for Flair because Flair never paid it. So that's only that's only sixty one thousand dollars in two deals. Damn, that's a, that's a pretty good return. <laughs> that's a pretty good return on borrowing money. But anyway, so anyway, folks, if Ric Flair comes up to you and says, "Hey, you got ten bucks? You don't got it. You don't have ten dollars. You don't have five dollars." Just say, "I'm sorry, man. I don't have it because you're not getting it back." So, I got two young kids. In my case, I'd be telling the truth. So, you know. Oh, stop it. You got you think I'm, you think I'm kidding. Child care. No, I, I know. I, I know. I know. I don't blame you. So anyway, so, that's that's the situation between me and Mr. Flair. So hey Rick, if you want my number, find it, call me up, we'll settle this. If not, we'll keep it going. Hey, I think you guys need to air out your grievances, and uh, Ric Flair has an open invitation to come on this show if he wants to. Oh, I wish he would come on this show. Come on, come on, down, well, Rick. But let me let me. Who's the better? Who's the better nature boy, Dutch? Buddy Buddy Rogers or Ric Flair? Buddy Landale. Buddy Landale. There we go. Buddy Landale loved Ric Flair so much. He just loved him, and. And Buddy, I gotta say, I love him to death. But he did take a lot of the same character traits 
and Ric Flair because he had a little bit of a, and he's gone now. He's, he passed away, and I love him to death. But he was a little bit bogus sometimes. But I, I, I loved him, and, you know, he, commit, he, he committed suicide. Is that what happened? He killed himself? Because his daughter, I think his daughter got killed in a car wreck. And I don't think he ever recovered from that. But who does a better who, who does a better Ric Flair? Ric yep. Flair or Jay Lethal? I think Jay Lethal. I really do. Because sometimes you can hear Flair do the woo and his voice cracks. <laughs> but Jay Lethal, he was he did a dead on Ric Flair. Dead on. He was he was actually, actually very, very, very good with it. So if Ric Flair came on, Rick, what would you ask him? I'm serious. What kind of question would you ask him? Uh, man, I usually do about uh, eight hours of uh, show prep before I, I, I hop into kind of into something like that. But first and foremost, what the hell is your issue with my boy Dutch? Why, why you got to be why you got to be dragging Dutch Mantel's name through the mud? I think that would be question number one. Well, what if he snatched you out of that seat and put? The damn friggin' figure four on you. He's like nine hundred years old. Let him try. Oh, wait a minute! I can't believe you said that. That's ageism. You know that. What What would you ask him, Sid? Um, why did he think it was a good idea to have a wrestling match when he has a pacemaker in his heart? <laughs> and get drunk. And he was bleeding too. I kind of left that out. Why did it? Why did he need that? I believe my twelve-year-old granddaughter could come up with a better finish than they had. It was so simple. Let Andrade do the work. Rick do the big save at the end. Come back. Boom, boom, boom. Slap on the figure four. The guy gives up. Here comes the confetti, they ring the bell, here comes the music, everybody's happy, let's go home. But, and I've had people write me and tell me on, on Facebook, they thought he was, they thought he was dead too. By his own admission, he passed out twice, didn't know where he was. But anyway, that's not hard to, I, I, I do think hard to understand. Faking, I, I do think him faking a heart attack in that match was poor taste. Uh, I'll say that much. That was... Do you think he faked it or he actually passed out? No, he faked, he faked the heart attack part. When, yeah. he, when he was on the outside, he was like, ah, ah, and then he started. Okay. That was in poor taste. I'm glad you brought that up. I do what I can, Dutch. I do what I can. Uh, okay. But All anyway, right. that's, that, that's it up to now. So let's go with the show. And we only had one show tonight. I'm going to say I thought it was a great show. A really, I really, really good show. I thought this was a very, very strong SmackDown. Uh, this was this this felt like a build up to WrestleMania SmackDown. Some legit things went down on this show tonight, and a lot of it, once again, surprise, surprise, SP3 is going to circle around Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and the Bloodline, and Cody Rhodes. We get Cody Rhodes out here tonight to start off the show, and he's calling out KO and Sami. 
getting them both into the ring at the same time, trying to get these two on the same page. He's getting the crowd behind it. He's asking KO what his issue is. Sammy even says, look, I've talked enough. I want to know what your issue is. We don't need to be friends. We just need to team up together, and we need to take out the bloodline once and for all. Let's work together. Sammy, leaning into the fact of we don't need to be friends. Then Kevin Owens finally, the big old cuddly teddy bear that he is, he finally lets it slip that that was his damn issue all along, is that Sami Zayn put business over their personal relationship first. And we finally knew what the stick up Kevin Owens' butt was. And now... The stick up his butt. We knew what the stick up his butt was. So he leaves. <laughs> Kevin Owens walks out. Sami Zayn catches up to him in the parking lot. Sammy pours his heart out to him. He says, look, man, forget all this crap. Forget everything I said. You're right. I don't care how many times we have fought each other. I love you. You're my brother. If you want to punch me, if you want to fight me, if you never want to talk to me again, that's fine. Whatever. Kevin Owens drives off. That then bastard. We, then we get to the main event. I'll treat those as two separate issues. I thought Dutch, this was a fantastic opening to SmackDown tonight. Oh, it was a. I mean, they have they have maintenance this well. They've told a great, great story. Uh, I think we won't see Roman till next week. I think we'll see him then. I thought there might be a possibility we'll. We see him tonight because we'll put all the players, all the starting teams on the like on the same field together. It was a little early tonight, but but that was an old school show. I actually put that show together. I said, "Well, this is what they'll do probably in the first one. This what because that's what we do like thirty years ago. Everybody understood it, and I'm watching those fans, and they're into this. They're into this." angle really into it and it's like we know what's going to happen they know what's going to happen yet they're still waiting for it to happen and when it happens you know we saw tonight when they did the hug plates went crazy but but that that is what that's that's professional wrestling and that's good professional wrestling they didn't rush anything They've had patience with it. Yes. They've told a great story with us because everybody in that audience can put themselves into this somewhere, mostly in the in the shoes of Sammy. And they're wanting him to do the right thing, and they love him to death. And that's the, it, it, it's been a brilliant performance by everybody. SP3, what did you think of the open tonight? Yeah, I think the key to this was Kevin Owens. Was Kevin Owens letting it be known what his issue with what Sami Zayn has been saying <laughs> ever since Elimination Chamber. He's been trying to put this whole issue with the bloodline first, but he hasn't reconciled their friendship. 
and he needs to know that he's he's gonna be fighting with his friend, with his brother, the guy that he all that he came up in this business with. So I think that was kind of the key to sympathizing Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens over the last couple of weeks has just came off like a very petty, stubborn person. So you had to babyface him and sympathize with him more than Sammy. We've always we're always gonna sympathize with Sammy. He's always been this sympathetic figure. You had to sympathize uh, Kevin Owens here. So him saying that and then, you know, Sammy pouring out his heart to him before he left the building, it set up what we saw in the final segment perfectly. So I think this was a good opener. Cody is being the uh, the mediator between both men. Yes. That worked for him. And it's really, like I said last week, the goal of last week was to integrate Cody firmly into the overarching bloodline story. And now they have they have done it perfectly where it sets up everything for the final two weeks to push home the issue between now Cody and Roman as we head into WrestleMania and the issue between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and the Usos. So we fast forward to the end of the night after, after Jay Uso, or excuse me, after Kevin Owens decided to leave the building or so we thought. And as uh Raju, uh, pointed out in the chat on top uh, earlier in a sweet-ass rental ride that he had tonight. Uh, I missed wherever the comment went, but that was a sweet-ass rental. That's for dang sure for Kevin Owens tonight. And he leaves the building, or so we think. We get the one-on-one between Jay Uso and Sami Zayn, and I love this even more. This 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 continues to fuel my my um, my my wanting of, of some any consideration seriously for this story because Jay Uso was spectacular here. He talks about how from day one he didn't like Sammy, he didn't trust Sammy, but over time he earned the love of his brother, he earned the love of Solo, he earned the love of the wise man, he earned the love of Roman Reigns. And then finally, Jay Uso let Sammy in. He said it's always been he always felt like it was his job, right? Great to, great to story. His family. To protect his family, to be the one to protect his family. And the one time, the one damn time he finally lets his guard down, it bites him in the backside when Sami Zayn betrayed the bloodline. And then Sami just laid right into him. He said, basically, no, bitch. Yeah. All right? No. Absolutely. I'm calling you out on your bullshit. Because the reason you're pissed off is now, I don't, I don't think he said bullshit. Now, this... I'm paraphrasing now, Dutch Mantel. Oh, okay, the okay. Why, the reason why he's pissed off is because Jey Uso didn't have the balls to do what Sami Zayn did, which is say, Roman, you can take this job and shove it. I don't need your BS anymore. And then the brawl breaks out. Jay Uso comes down. And then SP3, the moment we've been waiting for. KO's music hits. He comes up from behind. He takes out the Usos. The crowd wanted it. We've all wanted it. We've wanted it for weeks, SP3. And I love that it was Kevin Owens. I love that it was Kevin Owens who walked in, grabbed Sami Zayn by the back of the neck, and pulled him in. Like the, uh, for a hug, like the yep movement, tight ass hug between these two men and the crowd in Kansas City lost their damn minds. This was poetry tonight in the main event, SP3. 
it was what we've been waiting for. So you you felt the anticipation of the crowd. You they were ready for Kevin Owens to come out here and make the save. And that moment, it just it was a fantastic segment overall. Like you said, Jay Uso with his his acting and his character motivations, which has always been kind of stand firm. The only reason that he's involved in the bloodline is because he was trying to protect Jimmy Uso all the way back at Hell in a Cell 2020. Yes. That's the only reason. Reason. He said I quit against Roman Reigns inside Hell in a Cell three years ago and had to acknowledge the tribal chief and be a part of the bloodline. He's the one that talked Jimmy into being with the bloodline. He was the one that was always protective of not allowing Sami Zayn to get integrated into the bloodline. And like he said, when he put his guard down, Sami betrayed not only not only Roman Reigns by hitting him in the back with the steel chair, he betrayed his trust. But I love the answer by Sami Zayn saying yes. that no you just wished that it was you you I did what you always <laughs> that, wanted to do that was a great yeah. comeback that was like no that was the best one that was the that excellent was, comeback because it, that he was said the, the problem is he said the problem is you yeah, you wish then, you'd have done it and then Jay didn't have an answer Jay had to punch him because he was like I, I can't you're not wrong you're not wrong, but I'm pissed <laughs> off that you even said that. You said the truth. Sometimes when you when you really love somebody, you tell them the truth, and sometimes you get punched in the face for it. And that's what yeah. happened to Sami Zayn. And, you know, Jimmy Uso coming out, that made sense. And then Kevin Owens finally coming in after he – I knew what Sami said was going to linger in his head. So he had to come back to the building. He had to make the save for Sami Zayn and pulling in that hug, the reaction of the fans, that's a <laughs> moment that they can run back they can put it in a video package and i don't know what wwe is thinking if this isn't the main event of night one of wrestlemania unless you are book ending night two with Sami Zayn and kevin owens versus the usos as the opener and then cody rhodes and roman reigns as the close that's the only you know option other than that that's gonna make night one pretty weak i mean it's gonna have good matches regardless but it's you're not gonna have the main story you need this main story to end both nights of wrestlemania we need kevin owens and Sami Zayn versus the usos on night one in the main event and night two cody rhodes and roman reigns because there's no hotter story than what's going on with the bloodline right now 100 and and sp3 i agree with you um you know that Jey Uso, right? Like Jey Uso, that really got to him because you know that is what kept Jey Uso off of television for so long. Because if Jey Uso, if, if what was bothering him, like, was anything other than the fact that he, he just needed, like, he would not have been off of TV for two or three weeks or however long that he was gone after what happened at the Royal Rumble. If it was as simple as I was always going to side with my brother, there had to be something else bubbling underneath to keep him off of television, to keep him conflicted. And Dutch, I think it was exactly what Sami Zayn laid out tonight. He was conflicted and he was pissed off that Sami Zayn basically did what he didn't have the guts to do, that he didn't think he had the choice to do, which was taken. And, and that's what makes wrestling wrestling. Because now the fans are thinking, possibly some of them, the same thing you said, Rick. They're putting the pieces together. And whether they fit or not, they can make them fit if they want to. 
because they're going to arrive at the same spot everybody else is at right now. But that's what makes wrestling good wrestling because it makes sense. And at the, in the end, if it makes sense, then it works. And they have this, this, and I ask this every week, this has gone on for what, nine months at Ten, least, maybe yeah. 10. Well, it's, it's going on nearly what? a year because Sami Zayn first aligned with the bloodline back in April of 2022. So this is nearly a year of this whole Sami Zayn and the bloodline. If you're talking about the full bloodline story, we're going on three years of that story. So, mm -hmm. yeah. but it's, they put this together and I'm glad they had patience with it because it took patience to get it here. If they'd have thrown this together in three months, it, it they would have just wasted this great story, but they didn't. It's like a great book when you're reading it. Sometimes you don't want it to end, yeah, because it's still good or a great movie. You don't want it to end. Well, not movies so much because after two hours and fifteen minutes, I'm ready for the son of a bitch to end. Get it over. I gotta go to bed. I gotta. But this is really, really, it's an old time wrestling angle. <clears throat> actually, played out longer than it would in the <clears throat> in the old days. And then again, I'll say it makes sense. You can put yourself in the shoes of uh, of Sami Zayn. But everybody in this, if they had more heels, the two Usos would be tremendous baby faces too. People like them. They just kind of pull against them in this story. And Roman is the is the one, and he wasn't even there. He's a, him and Sami are the center players here, over more than Cody. Don't you think? Now, they're going to have to bring Cody. Now, he's he's in there, but I don't think he's in, in the spot that – he could be stronger in his role, and he will be. I like the cut the cut to, to Cody backstage watching everything like a proud father with this. Yeah, smile. yeah. Like, I, right. I, I did what I needed to do here. I needed – my job here is done. Mm-hmm. He looked like he looked like Amelia Estevez at the end of Mighty Ducks Three. That's what that's what that Cody, that Cody smile looking at the kid like my Mighty Ducks did well without me. Yeah, and and he's he's smiling ear to ear because his insurance policy just came through. He got the team together that's going to occupy the Usos to give him the best opportunity to win in the main event of WrestleMania. There was a lot of great storytelling on this show tonight. And that includes the, the second best story that's being built ahead of WrestleMania. It's Bloodline. And then it is Dominic and Rey Mysterio. And what they're putting together. Family. Family. My goodness, man. So Dom and Rhea beat Zelina and, and Santos Escobar tonight. Rhea hits the riptide after Zelina hits Hurricane Rana uh, on Dom. I thought this was a good showing for, for Zelina tonight, but unfortunately for uh, Legato Del Fantasma, they're not really the central focus here. It's all about what happened after this matchup tonight. Dominic gets on the mic. He calls out his dad, says, you know, a lot of the same things that we've been hearing out of Ray. His dad wasn't there. He was a deadbeat, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And then Ray comes out and takes this story to the next level. He comes out and he says, look, man, you know what? You're right. I wasn't always there. I wasn't always there for you. I missed your soccer games. You know, I, I, I 
I missed some Christmases. You don't want to know why, though? Because I was out on the road busting my ass to give you the life that I could only dream of. And then it comes down to, you know, a storyline that I think a lot of families go through. I went through it similarly myself. My dad worked a lot when I was a kid. And I understand, as a parent now, I understand it because I'm doing the same thing. I work all the time so I can afford to give my kids a good life. But you know what? When I got home tonight, like this, this really hit home for me tonight. I had to work my other job. I started work at 3 in the morning. I got off at 8 p.m. I'm listening to the opening promo driving home so I could come home and watch SmackDown and do this show tonight. The second that I got home, after working all day, my four-year-old daughter looks me in the eye and says, Daddy, I want you to lay with me for bedtime tonight. And I had to tell her, honey, I can't. I have to work. And she looks at me and goes, but you just got off work. Mm-hmm. This, this is something that really fucking hits home, man, because it you know, does. Ray is doing everything to give dominic a great life and all dominic wants is to spend time with his dad man it it's god damn it man this one really I feel like i'm about to tear up man because like this, don't start don't start crying this this really hit home for me man and hey then, in my contract it says if one of my co-hosts start crying i i can quit so and well i don't want to i don't want to do that because then this show goes away and i need money for my kids so anyway <laughs> Ray then gets back on the mic and he says, look, if there was a disrespectful young punk like Dom who came up to me and challenged me to WrestleMania, I would gladly whoop his ass. But because it's you, because it's my son, it's not worth it. That would be a bad fatherly thing to do. I'm paraphrasing again. And he walks away from Dominic once again. I mean, Jesus. This this uh, as great as the, <laughs> as great as the bloodline segment was tonight. This one for me was so nuanced and perfectly layered. I want to see these two at WrestleMania. Like this, if you would have told me a year ago that Dominic would be involved in one of the best storylines in WWE, I would not have believed you. This shows you how far that he has come as a performer as well. SP three. This this was the I would say the second best thing on the on the show for sure after the final segment. Uh, I I love uh, Ray's performance. Ray just has become such a great promo guy, and he wasn't a great promo guy for yes. much of his career. I agree. But- but you you relate to him so much he's very he's such a relatable and likable baby face now and especially in this in this role where he's playing the father against the snot-nosed punk that has become his son it just works it just works they had the the crowd in the palm of their hand when ray says that line about if this was any snot no if this any cocky you know uh guy in the back i would i would whoop his ass at wrestlemania and the crowd was on their feet they were ready to see it and then he says no like and then you hear the crowd like boo lightly but it's still they're not getting what they wanted and it's at the point where you're just wondering what is it going to take and that's a i think that's a good thing now i think they they hear the right tone 
with this segment more than last week, more than any other segment that they've done. They hit the right tone here where you could see that Ray is at the line, but he doesn't want to cross that line. Rick, you're talking, it's family. And every parent out there has had a situation similar to yours, Rick. That you wanted to do something or you had to go to work and your little little daughter or your little son wanted you to do something else and you can't. And it, it breaks your heart, but you, you, you just can't do it. So that's what this angle is hitting on. It's family and, and love of family. And now this son that he raised is not appreciative of the way he was raised and Ray's trying to explain to him, but you know, Dominic, uh, Dominic, he, he don't want to hear it. And if he'd have slapped him the night, the roof would have come in, but it's like one week early <clears throat> and we're going to get right up on it. And, uh, then they're going to, they're going to set the match. A great they again, this is another great one that they have spent time, spent patience, they put thought into it, but not so much thought. Go, it's just tell the story because you've already lived it at some point in your life. Those writers, they were kids, they know what it feels like to be. And Sid, you may remember it. Rick, you may remember it. Your parents telling you they just can't do something and it kind of kills you. And now you're telling your little daughter tonight you can't lay with her because you got to do the show. It's a, it's a feeling that you can't write it. You, you can't write it. You can just feel it. And they've done a, they've done a great job of that. I think the key to this is in the next two weeks, they got to get Angie on the show. They got to get the mom on the show. I think it's I think Dom, so too. Yeah. It's Dom disrespecting his mom. I got that's it. That's, that's it. For that's my it. Son, when he gets older, if he disrespects uh, disrespects his mom, that's going to be the point where I have to be. Brother, it, it, so if you want to make Dominic a heel, get his mama in there and let her light into him, and he pushes her or gives her a light. I mean, a, a little slap might be too much. All he has to do is raise his hand to the mom. That's all he really needs. He doesn't need to touch her. He just needs to raise his hand to his mom, and then Ray steps in Not and him. either slaps him or stops him. Like so, that. you're saying you're saying a baseball bat's too much. Yeah, it's too much. Okay. But that would that would bring him off that. I'm not going to touch you. That would bring him off that. And now he's pissed off. He's mad. That's all they need. So. Good stuff. Go ahead. I'm done. <laughs> That's all, right. all I got. What Sid said. Absolutely good stuff tonight. Um, now, on the uh, topic of random stuff and not how to build things for WrestleMania here, guys, uh, we are going to be getting not one, but two. WrestleMania showcase matches. I don't know what those are. I don't know what they mean. Um, basically, tonight, SP3, we, for the first time, well, it, it, maybe not the first time ever, but it's a, it's very rare that WWE admits, hey, we're just stacking the card now. We got nothing else for these people to do, so we're going to throw them on the show. 
And tonight we had our first qualifying match for a four-team women's tag team match with Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez getting the victory over Tegan Knox and Emma. Like, I feel so bad for Tegan Knox. She's been back with the company, what, three months? And she is on her fourth different tag team partner. They have teamed her with four different women. And I don't know if she's won a damn match yet. They lost tonight. No, neither. Liv and Raquel, they, they, they qualified for this match, whatever it is, which that made sense because they've actually been building some chemistry between Liv and Raquel since before the Royal Rumble, so it makes sense to pair them together at least a little bit. Now make them officially a tag team. I guess if anything out of this, hopefully this is WWE's way and Triple H's way of establishing four new women's tag teams because we don't have any outside of the outside of two of them. So hopefully this is their way of establishing some tag teams SP3, but my goodness, this is this is just not a good way to put some of these people on the show. So pull back the curtain a little bit. Literally Rick to message me like did they explain this? Like the woman, the WrestleMania showcase? I was like, no, they took like three seconds. It was like, at WrestleMania, we're going to do the WrestleMania showcase and we're going to have qualifying matches for it right now. It's like, what? <laughs> what? Like, like, I thought I missed At least make it like a number one contendership. Like, like the last time there was four women's matches at WrestleMania was WrestleMania 37, where they did, you know, they had a Raw Women's Championship match or SmackDown Women's Championship match, but they actually did a tag team turmoil to set yeah. the number one contenders for the for the women's tag team titles on the next night. Yes. Do something like that. Why? Why is this so difficult? Why is it so difficult for them to you don't you don't have to make it the next night to get a shot? Just do the four way, but say it's a number one contender's four way. Don't say WrestleMania showcase where you're basically just making it up front. Yeah, this is a filler. We're ju- we're we're doing qualifying matches for a filler match, so people actually make it on the WrestleMania card because it's that important to be on a WrestleMania card. You have to qualify to be in it, despite the fact that it should be very important to make the Royal Rumble. And we only had one qualifying match for that damn thing. Here's my question. So they threw together Tegan Knox and, and Emma tonight for Raquel and Liv to beat. I'm going to guess, I mean, Jesus, I'm trying to think of the dang tag. I mean, what? I, I guess Candice LeRae and maybe Nikki Cross will, will be one of the. Carmella what? and Chelsea Green. Carmella and Chelsea Green. All right. And and if they're healthy, maybe Ronda and, and, and Shayna. But. Who are they beating to qualify? How are you coming up with eight different teams to nail it down to four teams to qualify for this match? That may or may not mean a damn thing. Ronda and Sheena can beat um, Natalia. Shotzi and Natalia? Shotzi. Yeah. <laughs> Shotzi and Natalia. Yeah. And then they can, if they, if they want to maybe make something interesting with Asuka and Bianca, they can make that a quality. If Chelsea yeah. and Carmella win on Monday, they're in the WrestleMania showcase. But then now they're, now they're beating either the challenger or the champion to win. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. They need to, they need to lose. They just, they just need to lose. Me either. But I mean, <laughs> unless they win by DQ, you know, like a count out. Oscar Hey guys, it's even boring to talk about it. I'm sitting here listening and I don't really have a favorite in it, but 
I don't think they're they're still feeling their way with these girls. I don't think they have a plan. I think they're they may have a a little bit of one, but it's not showing its head right now. To be fair, Dutch, you seem more entertained by us talking about it than people were of that matchup. My God, were the yeah. people so quiet. The people were so quiet, I heard the referee counting one, two, three during the ending of that matchup. And then I heard them press the button for the piped-in crowd noise. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 why it that's pretty slow. That yeah. Oh. But... Yeah, they, they have not done a great job of building up anybody outside of the heck, they haven't even done that great of a job of building up the these championship matches at least until tonight sp3 i thought tonight was a great step forward for charlotte and rhea ripley this was the kind of segment tonight that they really really needed i liked the promo exchange between these two i liked rhea coming out and saying that she needs to beat Charlotte, she needs to win the SmackDown Women's Championship, she needs to be a star by beating the star in WWE, kind of explains her decision a little bit more to challenge Charlotte over choosing Bianca Belair. And then she goes in for the cheap shot, and then we got one of the better pull-apart brawls that I have seen in WWE in quite some time, men or women, involved i thought these two ripped each other to shreds tonight you got charlotte booting security guards over the barricade they could not be separated charlotte is punching referees which i'm sitting here going wait a minute isn't she the baby face but regardless she is swinging wildly and taking people out i thought i'm not sitting here saying i'm ready to say this is on my night one main event as it's rumored to be but this was a great step forward tonight sp3 for this rivalry I wouldn't go as far as to say it was a great step forward. It was good. It was good. It was good. Charlie still comes across like a heel when she. Well, I'm being serious. Oh, that was that was great. Well, I wouldn't say it was. I can all tell that. by his facial expression he wasn't agreeing with most of what I said. But go no, ahead. I wasn't. Uh, once you once you said the word great, I was like, oh come on. Now you now you now you can't. Comparatively speaking to what we've gotten so no, 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 far, no, it was a good step forward. The good step forward. And when, when you start the build up for a match that we've known about for two months, two weeks before the show, it's a That's good a problem. step forward. It's a good step forward. It's not a great step forward. It's a good I would have I would have popped tonight if I, if Ray had said if she'd have brought Ric Flair's name into it. I'm gonna whoa. Yeah, we'll see now. But they did have a good pull apart, and it makes sense. Hey, that Dominic and Ray, they're getting over. They was on here twice tonight in featured segments that had meat behind it, that, that had meaning behind it. So, like you said earlier, uh, Rick, little Dominic has come quite a long way in six months. He has. And he has parlayed that being the son of, of Ray into a, a hell of a spot, and he's yeah, he's, he's done a he's good so he's now. done a he's good so job. Yeah, he's no longer Ray Mysterio's kid. He's Dominic Mysterio now. He's Prison Dom. He's Ex-Con Dom. He's got his own identity now. He didn't I mean, have that several months ago. I think the issue with with Charlotte and Rhea, and the reason why they haven't like pushed the put the foot on the pedal as far as this buildup, is that when you really think about the story, Rhea is a babyface in this story. 
Rhea's really the babyface in this story. And Charlotte Flair, that was not a babyface promo when she it first came out. It was not a babyface promo. She came off like a heel. She got a couple of cheers. She got a couple of woos. Rhea Ripley was the real one that really delivered on the mic, talking about how everyone, man or woman, fears her when she's in the back. They turn around out of fear. The only person that she doesn't see any fear in is Charlotte Flair. So that's why she needs to beat her at WrestleMania and take that SmackDown Women's Championship from her. I thought Rhea Ripley had a great promo. That was actually great. That part was great. A pull apart, the pull apart brawl. I've I've seen like a dozen Charlotte Flair pull apart brawls. She's always really good in them. They're always really good. This was none. I wouldn't say this was like special or stood out from any of the others. I think always the peak for Charlotte pull apart brawls is the one before WrestleMania 35 with Ronda and Becky yeah, when yeah. they had the police pulling them apart and stuff. This was good. This was good. It got he it got a reaction from the fans because. Let's be honest, despite me saying that Rhea Ripley's promo was great, she didn't get much of a reaction from that promo because I think people are like, okay, we need something between these guys. And then they got the reaction with the pull-apart brawl. So it actually felt like for the first time in two months since knowing about this matchup that they actually tried. They actually tried this week. So I will give them credit for that. Well, I I liked the segment. It was good. Because, okay, what's the finish at WrestleMania? Needs, what do you think? Needs she needs, win. she needs to win, and I think she will win. What do you think, Sid? Yeah, absolutely. She needs to win. She definitely, she has to win at this point. She, what is she? Zero and six or zero and seven against Charlotte? She cannot. She's never. She's never won. Well, no. She won a triple threat with Charlotte and Oscar, but she's never pinned Charlotte Flair ever right. in her career. If they, if they if they put this match on again at WrestleMania and Charlotte wins again, what the hell? I don't know what the fuck they're doing. I don't know. I, hey, I'm gonna stop watching wrestling. I, I'm I'm oh, going on strike. Dutch, you've been saying that for thirty years. Oh, longer. I'm saying about 40, 40 years. All right. I want to talk about, uh, because we're running out of time here, I want to talk about one man in particular. Um, Me? Ringspan bringing it up here. He says they are really dropping the ball with one L.A. night as of late. And I will say this much. Despite the fact that this man has won one match dating back to October, and that was against Johnny McJobber ahead of the uh, Lights Out match at the Royal Rumble. This guy still gets great reactions. This guy sure does. He is. He knows how to elicit a response from the crowd. Let me let me talk to you. Let me either, talk to you. They either love him or they hate him. He can make anything work. The rumors have it that you know he is in line for a a big push after WrestleMania has come and gone. Maybe he still finds a way onto the WrestleMania card. His name has been pitched as possibly working with Stone Cold Steve Austin. The fact that he's even being mentioned, again, reportedly, so take it with a grain of salt, the fact that he's even being mentioned as a, hey, we can use him to get Stone Cold onto the show, tells you they have things ahead for this man. But he can't even beat Xavier Woods tonight on a match. Xavier Woods, the last man standing, and I love Xavier Woods. And they protected him a little bit by having him get rolled up with the backwoods. But, my God, L.A. Knight. He in in 
all he does is lose. Like, how much longer can this man continue to get the reactions that he does? Well, if he is losing, if he is losing and still getting a, a reaction, that that's a great that's a great spot for him because now they know that if they spend a little effort on LA night, they'll get him over. Because he will get over. Oh yeah. If you're beating guys and still getting a reaction, I mean, if you're getting beat and you're still getting a reaction, you know, if you put some effort and time behind the guy, he'll get over. I don't think, I don't think this hurt him at all. And then he went up to Sammy and then said something. Ray, actually. Me and Ray. Yeah. Oh, you went up to Ray. Yeah, you did go up to, to Ray. I'm sorry. And... But he's 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 on he's on the stage, he's on the field. Yeah, and it won't be hard to do anything with him because the people already know him, and I think they want to see what he can do. I do. SP three. I don't know how much validity there is, or how seriously they're considering, um, you know, LA Knight working with with Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, if that's enough to get Austin at WrestleMania. But I would. There's no way they can build toward that with two weeks left, especially with what LA. I don't think so. No. And he's fighting Rey Mysterio next week anyway, which he'll probably lose that match as well. But I would love to see LA Knight, whether it's night one or night two, kind of like hijack the show, come out unannounced, hop on the mic, shit talk the crowd, do the LA Knight shtick saying, look, I told you all there would not be a Los Angeles WrestleMania without LA Knight. And he's crapping on everybody, and then all of a sudden, glass shatters. Austin comes down, roof blowing off. You get Austin that hops on the mic, and he's like, I couldn't help but notice this mealy mouth some bitch rattling off, delaying the show. I was enjoying the show backstage. I'm going to come out here. You know how the shtick goes. We could get a yeah versus a what. Yeah versus a what. Steven Chambers, you read my damn mind. Have that go back and forth. The crowd goes nuts. And then Stone Cold Steve Austin whoops a mud hole, stomps a mud hole in his ass, drinks some beer over his lifeless body. I would love that spot for LA Knight at WrestleMania. I don't know if they end up doing it, but that would be a good spot. And I think the only way that LA gets on the WrestleMania card this year is if they did something like that. Yeah, I can definitely see that happening. And, yeah, it, it would work best for uh austin to be a surprise at this point because you can't do anything to build it up but yeah la night kind of trying to hijack the show and then austin interrupting him i think that would be a good use for him and give him the wrestlemania moment that he's been building up to on the mic leading up to the show 100 percent uh the final match that we did not talk about yet guys we finally know who's going to be facing gunther at wrestlemania and we've known for several weeks hell we've known for months because it's been reported this was in the plan all along but it was Sheamus it was Drew McIntyre these guys were going to battle it out fittingly on St. Patrick's Day for these guys to just beat the holy hell out of each other winner gets a shot at Gunther they beat the crap out of each other for about 15 minutes they knock each other down the referee's up to an eight count neither one of these guys has even started moving Gunther gets in the ring telling the ref, you can't do this. We need a winner. We need a winner. And then Imperium attacks both men at the same time, and we don't get a winner. So Adam Pierce jumps onto the Jumbotron and says, you know what, Gunther? Your actions mean one thing. You don't really want a one-on-one match. 
I'm going to set up that triple threat that everybody asked for last week. So we knew this was coming, but we still got to have Sheamus and Drew McIntyre beat each other up for a little bit. I didn't mind this so much. I didn't think it was necessary, but I didn't mind it. And now we're going to get a triple threat that is going to rule total ass. I wouldn't be mad if they opened up the show with this. This first match, absolute banger. You know what's going to be. Get the crowd pumped up and set the tone for the weekend. I would like for this to be the opener on night one of WrestleMania. Yeah, Dutch. Oh, see, <laughs> I saw you wanted to talk, Dutch. No, no, I'm ready. <clears throat> I, I don't like the three-way, really. I guess it's the only thing they can do. But I think Gunther's good in those single matches. But he's already, the only thing is to that, he's already had a single match with both of them. No, so, not with Drew. Not with Drew, no. Oh, he hasn't had one with him? Okay. But it will be a good match, though. So we'll see what they do with it. I don't think he is going to lose the title, though. I do. What the hell? I For what, I, for what, for what purpose? To lose it again? No. <clears throat> the purpose of this triple threat, my belief is... Sheamus is going to pin Drew McIntyre with the Intercontinental Championship. And it will take the it will give for, mul for a multitude of reasons. Sheamus will finally earn the Intercontinental Championship. He'll become a Grand Slam champion. It'll happen on the grandest stage of them all, and he'll get his flowers for a great run that he has been on. Two, by pinning Drew McIntyre, he protects Gunther. Gunther loses the title, but he still hasn't been pinned. And now you can start building Gunther up to challenge for a world championship by the fall after the titles have been split up because rumors are Triple H wants to split the titles up after Cody Rhodes wins at WrestleMania. So it's a way to get to start elevating Gunther, get the mid-card championship off of him without him being pinned, and then you can start elevating him up to a world title win by the end of the year. That's what I think is happening. Despite me oh. totally seeing that can happen, I don't want that to happen. I think Gunther should – we have gone – Jesus Christ, we've gone my entire life, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> with the Hunky Tonk Man being the longest reigning intercontinental yeah, champion right. of all time. We are 150 days away from Gunther becoming the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time. I'd much rather that. I'll be honest with you. I want Gunther to become the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time. And if they're just going to take the title off of him and build him up to lose to Cody Rose as a challenger. No, I'm good. Keep the title. Oh, no, 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 no. He doesn't, beat, he doesn't lose to Cody Rhodes. He beats whoever the new, once they split the titles, he beats whoever the other world champion is and wins the belt. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. In, you don't in, see in them splitting the belt or you don't see don't, him winning the title. I don't see him winning the title that fast. I don't see him winning the title. I said by the fall, we got several months. You can build that up. Too. That's a long, that's like six months away the fall. I don't want to go six months without <laughs> Gunther as the Intercontinental Champion. He's been great as the Intercontinental Champion. I think he has to. I will agree, agree with this. I will agree. I will go, I will go with Sid. I, I think you've been, surprised? Rick, I think you've been drinking, you've been drinking too much. So you need to either put the bottle down or put the pipe down. One or the other. So I didn't say this was water. <laughs> anyway. We got a super chat here from uh, Roland Curtis. Always appreciate the super chats, good sir. Do you guys think, uh, excuse me, do you guys still think that it's a good idea for Roman to miss these last few shows so close to Mania? 
This is why I wouldn't vote for Roman as uh, male of the year. I'm in L.A. There is no hype or mania. Um, I can't speak to what's going on in Los Angeles ahead of WrestleMania. I don't think Roman Reigns necessarily needed to be around these last couple weeks because the main focus of it, we've gotten so many great segments already between Cody and and Paul Heyman. We've gotten a couple of great exchanges between Cody and Roman Reigns. We're going to get another one on Monday. He'll show up on Raw. The last few weeks, though, SP3, for me, it's been about how do we get Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn back together, and they decided to use Cody Rhodes in that storyline as the catalyst to finally bring them together. And I've talked about the layers of how this helps Cody Rhodes in his battle with Roman Reigns. You don't need Roman Reigns to tell this story now that Sammy and KO are back together, now you got the last two weeks to really ramp up and focus on Sammy and KO and the Usos separate and Roman and Cody separate. Yeah, I've been talking mm-hmm. about over the last two weeks. The, the the last couple of weeks with Roman away has been about integrating Cody Rhodes into the overarching bloodline story. Because it really, for a few weeks there, especially like between, you know, what happened at Elimination Chamber and the first two weeks on television, it just seemed like Cody's whole story, you know, finishing the story, becoming the first Rhodes to win the top prize and the Bloodline story were two separate things. And they were trying to put it together with the Paul Heyman segment before Elimination Chamber. They slightly put it together with the promo exchange between the two men. And now they've taken the time to put Cody in involved in the overarching story have him have him interact with kevin owens and Sami Zayn. have him interact with the usos have him interact with solo so he's a part of the overarching bloodline story the hottest thing in wwe that's why i think that it was wise to keep roman off television for the final two weeks you really sell these pay-per-views in the final two weeks that's what we've yeah. learned with aew we've learned that with wwe they don't sell the pay-per-view four or five weeks that's why they don't do a lot of things until the last two weeks and that's why roman's going to be on the show with two weeks ago on monday he'll probably be on smackdown next week or the week after this is where they're going to really sell the cody Rhodes and roman reigns part of this and uh, where does where does Cody uh, where does cody come face to face with roman that's when they're going to sell monday. the pay-per-views monday monday, monday. and they already announced that Yes. Okay. Because he's going to have to come face to face with him at one point. And that will be, that could be one hell of a banger of an interview, whether they have, whether they touch each other or not. Because Cody's good on that horn. Roman's good on that horn too. And they can touch on different, different things that have happened in the past that all the fans are aware of and try to, you know, get under each other's skin. But that would be an interesting segment. I don't know if I, mean, I would ha- I don't know if I would have Cody and Roman come to blows before WrestleMania. I don't know. I didn't I, I said come face to face. Not to blows. Because you don't need that. Because they're going to come to blows at at the at the pay-per-view, oh, so yeah. Don't give it. Don't give it away too early. So just let them talk. They they're talking the game, and everybody can understand that they're trying to kind of get a psychological edge 
if they came to blows, I think I would kind of ruin it. Really, I do. Yeah, I saw some people uh, mention in the chat earlier about, you know, booking a possible six-man tag between Roman and the Usos and KO and Cody and Sammy. I don't think I would even do that, uh, to be honest with you. That'd be a hell of a match. Maybe that's a Raw after Mania match, possibly, potentially, depending on how things go. But I don't even think I would do that. I'm keeping Roman and, and Cody. Well, how could they book a six-man after Cody is he won his opportunity to face Roman yeah. for the title? I, I don't think they couldn't do that do before. Or after. I think they should do the six man at backlash. Yeah, there you go. In Puerto Rico, they need like a big matchup, but you don't want to probably do a title match that fast after WrestleMania. Do the six man in at backlash after Mania. Yeah. And they could do it also at back scratch. That's a, you know, backlash. And then it's, it's just a spinoff. I'm just, I just brought that up. What about smack back? You know what you used to call this show? <laughs> What is the name of this show? Oh, it's Smack right, Talk. It's right below you, Dutch. I'm not looking at that. You have been on this but, program but done, for two years. No, I haven't been here this long. Have I? Really? I don't know. Two I'm years. Off track. But I like Smack. I like Smack Back. Better than Smack Talk. You'd like to Smack Ric Flair back. What? Oh yeah, I would like to kind of jack those jaws a little bit. All right, SP3, what you got going on True Hill Heat this weekend? Uh, tomorrow, True Hill Heat 217 at 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. Join us over there. We got special guest Jared Bailey. It would be myself, Miss Chrissy Love, this week in professional wrestling. We'll talk about Sammy and KO's hug on SmackDown. We'll talk about the Elite Reunion from uh, AEW Dynamite, the Four Pillars segment, all that good stuff. Bray Wyatt being out of WrestleMania, possibly. We'll talk about it all on True Hill Heat 217 tomorrow. Wait a minute. We didn't even talk about Bray. Because he wasn't What is wrong? No, uh, no kidding. <laughs> but he is, he is allegedly injured correct physically what? uh he's what, Ill. Ill. what's the matter with him don't know he's ill i i think his feelings are hurt that's because that was reckless speculation on the damn internet it, it he's reportedly sick and he's supposed to be back soon well that's a good that's that's really a good way to to cover it <laughs> but i i think really i think and i've said this before I think they kind of gave Bray creative license over his character and his his way of treading his way into the show. It didn't work. It, it didn't work. And I think they're going to have to take him back to the shop and overhaul him, overhaul him and try another way. Because this funhouse... Crap! I never liked it anyway, but I I think he has not only failed but failed big time. So, and I, I think, think they can see that. I think they they may sell some some merchandise out of it. As far as selling tickets, how many times has he even wrestled? Once on TV, once. And that's why uh, Brock rejected the match with him because it was a lose-lose situation with him all the way around. Yeah, I think that... My, my opinion, my opinion. Yeah. We, we trust you on that one. But 
I definitely do think that part of the reason that we're in this spot where a lot of people are going, well, this doesn't make sense, and what are they doing, and why haven't we gotten an explanation on, on certain things is this was not the direction for Bray when he first came back. They had plans reportedly that were mapped out all the way to WrestleMania, and then we get this trickle-down effect, right? We, we, we get out uh, – Sports Illustrated this week reported that WWE – was confident enough in the fact that they would be able to book Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania that they moved up Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar to Elimination Chamber. Then they could not come to terms with Stone Cold to get on the show, so that match had to be canceled. So they went, okay, well, we'll put Brock. we, we got to put Brock with somebody, so we'll put Brock with Bray Wyatt. And then Bray was like, <laughs> Brock probably was like, nah, don't want to do it. So they're like, crap, now we got to figure out something to do with Brock. Oh, well, he'll fight Omos. And then, oh, well, we need an opponent for Lashley. Okay, Lashley, you're with Bray. I don't know who Bray's original opponent was supposed to be, but the fact that Stone Cold could not go up against Brock Lesnar caused this massive trickle-down effect that affected Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt and whoever Bray's original opponent was supposed to be, which I actually think was Uncle Howdy. Like these two were fighting, and now they're they're best buds, they're bros, and we never got an explanation for it. And now Bray's been off TV for three weeks because he's been ill. It's really an unfortunate situation all the way around. Everybody understand that? Everybody got that? We all caught it. Nope, I don't. I don't got it. I don't that's want it really. After I, I heard it, I, I don't. I don't even want it. Well, that's a good but, spot. To end but the show, man, Stone Stone Cold and Bray, Stone Cold will turn that down too. I never said Stone Cold and Bray. I said Stone Cold and Brock. And that Stone Cold's going to turn that down. He did. And Brock would turn it down. He did. It's not happening, is it? No. They couldn't get okay. they to get Stone Cold to come back. That's what I said. I don't think you said quite like that. You said some other bullshit. Have a fantastic St. Patrick's Day, everybody, for Dutch Mantel. I'm Rick Uchino. We'll be back next week to talk about SmackDown and Rampage and whatever the hell else Ric Flair says this week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Woo! The people.